Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you today? I'm very well, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a been a minute. Yep. Back yeah. in black. Yeah. With the, yeah. With the sack. Welcome, like welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. It's yeah. it's so nice to be here. You feeling good? I mean, you feeling? Oh, I feel strong like bull. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Got got some smart lighting in here. It's very intimate. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's on my list of things. I have a whole list of things today. Oh, you got to check out the nano leaves. The nano leaf. Nano leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen like a douchebag on YouTube with those hexagon lights? I'm one of those guys now. Oh, you're one of them. Mm-hmm. Those it's, are um, cool. Those are very cool. Is that for um? Yeah. Oh, I'm the oh the ultimate A plus lighting. Yeah. So you get these lights and you get a pack of a certain amount and you can put them in cool arrangements. They have a tool for helping you sort of design what you can do oh. with the number. Here, I'll take a photograph for you. Yes, I was going to say we need some show art. Um. All right. I don't know if it's that good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you're a gamer. I mean, you're a full-on gamer. Did you do the shape of the wave? Did you do a wave? Did you do a wooden oh, pattern? I do it all. <laughs> I do, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the problem is when you make these photos, everybody zooms. Um, but no, um, and they're, I mean. Oh, like they're going to creep, they're going to creep on what's going on in your, in your personal privates. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I have friends who zoom. Young people zoom. Oh, I zoom. Well, I mean, there was a time in life when people would look at the the subject of a photograph, and now that's f- definitely the least interesting thing. Yeah, like you see the picture of the person, you're like, "Good, let's see their desk and what's uh, on there." You know, yeah, Nolan, big zoomer. Oh, I see you have a, you bought a copy of the real book. Did you learn about that in that uh, Adam Neely video? Oh, oh, you got a Domino. Oh. <laughs> um, love Domino, big fan, big fan. You know, Rob Liefeld's not all bad. Uh, just the feet, you know. Uh, I'm gonna send you this uh, photo. <laughs> Uh, here's, what's, here's what I think is neat about the nano leaves. They're not perfect. And the app for using them can be a little bit futsy. But they do work with HomeKit. S- some of them work with Thread. And I think more in the future will work with Thread. And I continue to be very interested in the, the Thread network stuff. But anyhow, the idea is you um, you put these things on your wall and you uh, or, or wherever, generally your wall. And you get to have these cool like... Uh, colors patterns and like you say i guess when you said wave i guess you mean like the lights in motion i saw one that was done like in the great you know the famous japanese painting the great wave yeah there was one that was like somehow they had arranged it in that format but oh. i like i like what you've done here this is very Thank pretty you. can well, you pick the, the colors motion. they're they're not fixed right you could change them Oh, beyond what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a community, I guess you'd call it, of people who've contributed different things. What's that one called? I think it's called like Gentle Sunset or something. Um, I like the reddish orangish, but um, uh, yeah, it can be a little bit frustrating. In my case, when I was first trying them out, you know, like like one does, you spend a lot of time just fiddling and playing, and in this case, applying these different scenes. And uh, it's it is a benefit that you can sync those scenes with HomeKit. The downside of that is even when you're just kind of messing around, you end up with, you know, in my case, like over a dozen different scenes in HomeKit that are kind of hard to get rid of. But um, my, my trick would be, and this is not a trick, this is like was designed to do this, is like once you've got those lights a certain way, I feel like the easiest way to set up a scene in HomeKit is to make the scene you want like right now, mm-hmm. like get all the lights on the way you want with the colors you want and then create the scene, it's much more difficult to go back and make changes. But I have those, so like, for example, my Elgato lights and my Nanoleaf lights, I wouldn't say they're connected. 
except insofar as I've connected them inside scenes. But it's a pretty powerful way. Then you combine that with something like a like an Eve button or a what have you, you know, even even the lady in the tube, mm-hmm. and it makes it real easy to just, you know, like when I arrive at the office, it, it looks like a gentle bordello title. <laughs> like something, not, not, not like a little finger bordello. Right. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one scene on Game of Thrones in his bordello that I feel like goes on a little bit long with butt stuff. But, you know, I mean, we all have different tastes, and I think that's really kind of, you know, uh, you know what makes the world go round. Did you miss me? I mean, yeah, I really did. I missed this. I, I like, did. I like I having this. I'm sorry we we missed so many and that I had uh, uh, miscalculated. I, it's, I'm so messed up now on like what week it is and which sponsors. And on top of COVID brain, now I've got travel brain, and I've mm. been real stupid since I got back. What was the title again? Because I was just getting that gentle bordello. Gentle, I wrote it down. Okay. yeah, bordello. Um, and it sounds to me like you have uh, content for this week. I mean, don't tell anyone, but I do. Um, okay. I've got some stuff because I did, you know, we had the time off. And actually, interestingly enough, I mean, we don't need to talk about this, but I, I had a, uh, out of the blue, I had like a tonsil infection. Not, oh, it was, Jesus, it was Dan, not COVID. I'm so sorry. It was just a ton- Well, it worked perfect because we weren't doing the show mm-hmm. and I probably wouldn't have wanted to do it had we. Well, you don't sound sick. I'm fine now. It's completely well, resolved itself in like four or five days. Ooh, that's cool. But, you yeah. know, it was like, it was, it, you know, I, I was fine. I was fine one day. Then the next day I woke up and I'm like, something is happened. Something happened. And I, lo- I don't want to get into, this is disgusting. You can get, get into, into it, but detail. that's a crummy feeling. And did you have a super sore throat? Well, that's the thing is it wasn't like, like when you get a sore throat with a cold or some kind of upper respiratory infection, it was very different than this. This was just like the tonsils themselves were like hurting. And then this is, this is the gross part. I don't want to talk about it, but I had... Like there's like a disgusting kind of white stuff Did you have that pus? grows out of it. Um, pus? No, it was no pus. It oh, was, you have spots. You had spots. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. like the ton- like you get a tonsil. Everyone gets a tonsil stone once. It wasn't like that. I used to get them all the time. Mm-hmm. So my doctor now is doing the like telehealth stuff because of the COVIDs. So yes. I didn't even have to go in. I he I, he's like send me a picture. I'm like it's disgusting. He's like I'm a doctor. And I'm like, but it's still gross to you, right? He's like, yeah, it's still gross, but it, like he's desensitized. He won't just let you have your. He won't even let you have your shame. I know. I know. He denies you even. If you're a doctor, you have to find every possible avenue for removing human dignity. Yeah. Um, I think they teach you that. That's like a first year thing. <laughs> that's like, yeah, yeah that's doctoring one on one too. But it's usually a shorter course. Oh, um, a lawyer at least pretends that they like you at some point, but the doctor, I think their whole thing is to keep you off balance and. uh Oh uh, yeah, I'm really feeling like you have no no power or agency in the situation. Well, yeah, you, you know this doctor. It. I've been going to him since I moved here to Austin. So for like ten years, I've been going to him. He's he's really cool. He's a really cool doc. He's um like originally from New York, and now he's like the most Austin doctor ever. He's very cool, and so I sent him the picture. He looks at. It, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a tonsil infection for sure. I'm like, Did you do I need to come in? It was no i mean it's not my fault really like my brain it's not my conscious fault i know you people don't believe in original sin but maybe you should <laughs> so he, juice he, for uh, jesus am i right <laughs> he um you ever meet a juice for jesus you ever meet them? he's like you know he's like i, I think it's viral <laughs> and i'm like how can you tell that he's like, eh, this looks viral to me i'm like oh, okay so what's that mean he's like well that, he's like that means that antibiotics wouldn't help you 
And he's like, we don't like to prescribe antibiotics that much anyway here, which is one of the reasons why I like that doctor. So I said, okay. So he's like, he's like, even if you were in here, I probably wouldn't even do a throat culture. I just say, wait a few days. It'll go away by itself. Like, okay. What about in the meantime? He's like, you know, gargle with like a 50, 50 peroxide and you know, throw, put, do some salt once in a while. And yeah, I mean, I learned about this from John Roderick and I never looked back the hydrogen peroxide. Dan, look, I've got it right. It works. It really right works. Here. Yeah. I, oh, it works for everything. So I did that. And, and so, but knowing because they, they don't like doing the antibiotic. It used to be with me. God, I was, I was just like, not I'm going to say patient zero, but I was the worst because <laughs> they would give you the antibiotics for a cold or everything, or anything, like a cold. Yeah. And then I'd stop taking them. And as soon as I started, no, feeling don't do that. You're one of them. Away. You're one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm the problem. You, you're taking them to the gym. Oh, God, you're why MRSA exists. I'm like you MRSA created exists. MRSA. You the, yep, I have a little uh, <laughs> little dictionary, stipple stipple Wall Street Journal style photo. Yeah. MRSA man, they call me <laughs> title. Um, it's not funny. It's not funny. No, MRSA's it's not funny. funny. And so and so, it was all you did it all like like uh, not homeopathically, but like through natural. I means let my let my body it do up. its thing, and it. Uh, the weird thing was this. First of all, I did not realize while it was happening exactly how sick I actually was. Like I, it's not like I was kidding myself. I wasn't in denial about it. It was just like, I didn't, I didn't really catch on to how to just Hmm. how significantly not right that I was. Um, Really? Yeah. And, and well, I would, what, what told you, what told you that was worse than you thought when I got better. When I was better, I was like, wow, I feel a, like a lot better. You know, like it, it was like a night and day kind of like, whoa, I feel so much better. It's like you forgot what feeling good actually feels like. And because you're feeling so bad. I love, I love that day. I love that day when, when one is sick. And as previously stipulated, I used to get sick with actual sickness a lot more yeah. when I lived in, you know, America's Wang. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, but there's that, that feeling where I want to, I'm not the tipping point, but you're getting worse and worse and worse. And then one day you're not getting worse. Right. You can't say that you're getting better, but you're definitely getting less worse. And that, that is the best feeling where you swallow and it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Or, you know, your back, your back works. Or, so, or whatever. It, it's such a good exactly, feeling. and and that was basically you're describing what happened. Where all of a sudden I was like, okay, I feel like I feel okay now, and wow, I really didn't feel okay for a while there. Like that was really bad, and uh, you know, like you just feel like you just like you don't want to do anything. You don't want to do anything. Like you don't want to oh, make any like food. You got, almost like you got mono or something. Yeah, like some kind of virus mono type. Yeah, thing. and then it went. Then it went away, and I'm like, I'm ready to do things again. And uh, so, even if you had been here, I don't, Merlin. I might have canceled on you. I don't even know. So don't feel bad about it. Ain't that ironical? Yeah. My my poor dear wife right now is going through something that uh, she's. I think she's going to get some medical help with today, but. A, um, we both agree that it seems like she has a sinus infection. Oh, those are not like, good. Have you ever had a yeah, sinus oh, infection? many, many, many. When I lived in the Wang, all the time, regular. Yeah, on the reg. right. The, the the Wang is a huge source of, of that. Or you know, you think about like bronchitis or some bronchitis sucks. Yeah, but um, I mean, as a side note, I, I wonder if having lived through this five hundred and forty days of <laughs> this. It's going to make us think differently about a lot of stuff. Okay. Cause like most of us came up, most of us healthy white people came up going like, okay, I have a little thing right now that can be treated and will go away. It's probably not a chronic condition, 
But like, I, I wonder if we'll begin interrogating our symptoms and the underlying causes more carefully or just differently than before. Sure. Um, I mean, because because in the last little while, I, I I don't think you and I are the only people in the world who said, gosh, I wonder if this is COVID. You know, like I, I think I told you two, three weeks ago. Yeah, you had a more. thing. I had like a sore. Th- yeah. And it was the combination of a sore throat with an and upper, like middle-ish back pain. Ugh. Not like not like I lifted wrong or tried to pick up a tissue without <laughs> stretching, <laughs> you know. Nothing makes me feel nothing makes me feel more more lame these days than when I go to clean out the litter box and the, and I pull my back right because it's not that heavy it's a very it's a six pound cat right yeah but yeah. you know it doesn't take much and I know you're a back guy as well yeah, yeah. but um, and I don't know just just a side note because I do find myself thinking slightly differently not always gravely but in the case of this sinus thing I think a, a sinus infection can be a relatively unsympathetic malady like if you say to somebody back in the day you say i've got mono and everybody's like oh no you've got mono you might be laid up for a month like it's so bad right um but in this case like she's just she's really tired and she like legit like is having trouble like breathing and stuff and like i don't know there's just so many ways that your body can get all screwed up it's it sucks it's these are these are bad containers dan Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with you, but it's also kind of amazing because like you can, you can get better and like everyone's, I'm not, I'm not here, Merlin, I'm not here mm-hmm. to talk okay. about, <laughs> to talk about antibiotics and whether people should be taking them or not. Like that's not my job anymore. I've just, I've quit that job. Oh, okay. Okay. But, all right. but, um, a lot, you would be surprised because a lot of the time you don't need antibiotics. That's, that's all I'm here to say. I'm just here to tell you. Oh that. boy. Okay. Is this going to be nutty? Dan, you no, that's nutty it. I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I do appreciate, well, I appreciate you disclaiming, you know, to, to a certain extent, but are you going to give me something kind of nuts now? Is this going to be one of your weird health? No, things? it's not my job to do that anymore. Is this because of cross? Cause it's because of CrossFit? I, well, no, you know, I don't. You got brain worms? No, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do, you do off-brand CrossFit. I don't. You do. You do. Uh, cru- you do Crusa Health. <laughs> See, that's funny if you like Latin and Greek. Um, but your body can um, heal. Like your body is capable oh, of okay. of fixing stuff. And again, once again, you're not. You're not here. But I'm not, not here, here to say no. people don't need antibiotics. You're not here to say no. that. What? What's? What? What is? Where would you? Um, if I could say, um, it, where would you allow it? Like, where is an instance that you would allow an antibiotic? Like a gunshot wound? No, that's not an antibiotic. I, I thing, think. Right? I think if is antibiotic for virus. I thought if you got a flu shot, you didn't get a. You didn't get the <laughs> right. That's John's. Uh, oh, John's. Yeah, that's right. his thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of times where antibiotics are really important, and you should absolutely take them. But I think docs are so quick to prescribe them for things that don't require them. That's all. I'm off the soapbox now. It's done. I'm done. And done. No, no. It's your. It's your box. Yeah. But I, anyway, um, I'm feeling so much better. I feel much better. I feel great. You sound now. good. I feel good. You sound really. You sound really good. I feel strong. Like bull. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so don't tell me what it's about. How many sponsors do we have? Do we have We've one or three? I got two that I know about. Shoe. Maybe there was a third. Do you remember what the ones were on the last episode? Because if today, you, today I, I saw. Are we talking? Is it, we're talking about the show on the show. It's okay if you want. Yeah, to, we can do it. I know we've. Well, it. we'll do this. We'll and I'll edit this today, all out. Today's sh- feels. Yeah, feels and Linode. No, are don't today. edit it out, Dan. We don't. Don't. Don't gaslight me. We don't edit for content. Oh, but, look! I see you in the dock. You're wearing a suit. Um, okay. <laughs> we go, oh, I see. I see. I see. I see the two. 
Okay. I see your cursor okay. moving around. It's very ooh, I'm creepy. Clicking. I'm clicking. Watch this. Ooh, 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 ooh. Look at I'm giving you a kiss. But I don't know what we Look did. The last one, did we do the master class or square? I don't know. You can I see me on, on 41i. I'm giving you a kiss. That's called, that's called a uh, sheets kiss. <laughs> when you share a cursor. Then you're going to need an antibiotic. Oh. Um, clean the sheets. Yes. Uh... Okay, so I don't know what you're going to talk about. I, I do have, uh, if I may, uh-huh. uh, I'm trying to distribute uh, things I've learned uh, 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 from traveling to my different programs that I do. Okay. Uh, and I had some observations that I, th- I think are germane to this I mean, program. It's, it's pronounced German, but whatever. It's your show. Okay. It's, uh, I had some Teutonic observations. Okay. Uh, Bavarian motor works. <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. You know, you got to really. Get, if you're going to watch a lot of Holocaust documentaries, I think you really need to give yourself a diet. Oh. Like, don't try to do Shoah. Don't do Shoah in a night. You're going to have to start real early. It it doesn't get happier, you know. And then if you watch those documentaries, the some call them propaganda films, but if you watch those documentaries about the camps, you know, have you know really force fluids while you're doing it. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Is it Treblinka where they make the people in the city go through the, the rooms and stuff? Mm-hmm. I think it, was, it was, might have been Treblinka. Um, anyway, um, let's talk about happier things, uh, in which let's case I would not be important. able to talk about travel. Let's talk about, it is said today, it was so hot. Um, you know who does a good Al Pacino is Alec Baldwin. Oh, really? Alec Baldwin does a very bad Donald Trump. But um, have you ever seen the bit they do on Saturday Night Live? I'm sure you have. Where they do fake, um, it's like a, uh, yeah, for the 25th uh, anniversary release DVD, you get to see the um, actor auditions for Star Wars or Oh, absolutely. Or yes, yes, yes. I'm trying to remember what the movie was that they were doing. There's a very funny one with Back to the Future. That's a good one. Star Wars, of course, famously, is a very good one. Bill Hader's extraordinary Alan Alda appears in many of them, you know. Uh, he he's trying out for the role of Biff in Back to the Future. I think that that's that, that's great. I feel like I've got ah, that's, that's terrific. Um, Bill Hader does a better Alan Alda than I. But there's one where Alec Baldwin does Al Pacino, and it is it's so it's he nails it so hard. It's so freaking funny. That sort of like Al, Al Pacino with big hair and wearing a scarf. Right, sort of right, 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 right. You know, yes, he's yes. Already into the, his um, shouting period. Yes, yes. What was the name of that movie that he um, was in with the blonde woman? Scent of a Woman? No, After. Scent of, oh. Oh, Devils, The Devil Wears... Uh, wears no, Canaries. the great movie, no, but not that one in, after um, that, where he was, he was, uh, he was like a, de- well, he's always a detective, but he was like a oh, detective. Oh, Donnie, 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 Donnie. No, not, not Donnie Brasco. Donnie great Brasco? movie where he was, <sighs> he was a mobster in that. Mobster. Oh, yeah. He was great in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I'll, I'll find a for notes, Dan. Damn, uh... Oh boy! What is it five forty two? Where where would people five four two? Where would people find um, show notes for uh, episode five four two of your back to work program? Where um, would people find that, Dan? Back to work dot limo is mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. place to go. Slash five four and then two. Five four two. Okay. Uh, you know I you know I I don't even know why I do these shows, but you know I I had some things to share. Um, let's see. This is not that interesting. Can I do it anyway? Yeah, because I think it might be interesting. Um, first of all, I want to provide uh, some context for this. Dan, have you heard me use that phrase, bag in a bag, as, as, a, as a philosophy of Elton Shong? Yeah, sure, sure. It's okay if you haven't. Um, the last, as we record this, the last published episode of Reconcilable Differences with um, virus truther uh, John Syracuse, 
uh, includes, you know, we've talked a lot about bag in a bag and long story short, it's a philosophy that I have that is on the face of it from a practical uh, component, as you say, yes. it's about learning to like, if you've got a backpack, you need to have, that's a bag, but then you can have a bag in your bag. So you might have a bag that's got your, your pens or your weed. And then inside of that bag, there might be smaller bags like for pills or weed. And the point being that bag in a bag is a practical way to, as John actually had a really good metaphor for this analogy, metaphor, uh, simile, it's like a house where like, if you've got two, two floors on your house, two stories, or am I talking about J.D. Salinger? Anyway, you've got stories on your house, two stories, and then those are broken up into different rooms. That is conceptually bag in a bag because mm. you have a big thing called a house inside the house you have stories or floors inside of that you have rooms and then inside of the rooms you've got you like you've got a, a room called kitchen but inside of kitchen you've got cabinet and cabinet okay. has drawers most people drawer know has, most people know what you're saying now like this isn't like a new they thing do but if you th if you if you look askance at the bag in a bag concept and this is why i like john's metaphor of the house well imagine that you had neither rooms nor floors in your house and this is how we got the title of the episode, A Pile of Bed. Basically, all your stuff is in one big pile. Your bed and your salad forks are all in the same pile, which is not beneficial. You have seeded a lot of the benefits of your house by not having the, 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 the sub areas that make it useful and enjoyable, which sounds incredibly obvious. But if you've got a giant ass backpack like I've got, the bag-in-a-bag -bag concept is very important. Now, why am I talking so much about this? You don't know. The, but bag-in-a-bag, -bag, it's a philosophy. It's also, it's also a philosophy of, of planning. It's a philosophy of thinking about the future. Something I, uh, a friend of the show, uh, John Roderick, we were talking about a, uh, I don't want to spoil it for folks, but he has been on a rather epic journey across this great country of ours. And we are talking about how you pack a car. Packing a car is very much an instance of bag-in-a-bag. -bag. Because think about like, you know, if, whether you're doing that for uh, the long winters going on tour or for having you and all the women in your family in the same vehicle to drive across the country, you've got to think not just, this is why I say to John, it's like Tetris, but it's not just Tetris in terms of the 2D bounding boxes of these polygons or whatever. It's also, it's a 3D packing job and what you put where becomes very important. If you need to get to... Like what's an example? If you need to get to your snacks, well, if your snacks are just somewhere in the packing area and you can't get to it, that makes your snacks less useful. The snacks, like think about when you pack a car just for a short trip. We usually bring a cooler with some, uh, some water, some seltzer, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. For that to be where we can't get to it while we're driving is not useful. You know? And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm going through all of this is I'm, I'm thinking a lot about this stuff because it feels... You know, they say when everything feels connected, you know, you're nuts. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like there's something, the, the things good. I wanted to talk about today, I think are very conceptually important in, in a way that I understand coping in the world. And that's why I say bag in a bag is a good thing to think about. It came up on the show because uh, John loves taking photos when he goes with his family um, to visit like Long Island. And so he's got a fancy camera. We're talking about like how you decide on a camera bag. But a camera bag is maybe one of the great instances of bag in a bag. Because first of all, like you don't want your fancy Sony camera just banging around in there. Well, it's probably going to be in a case of some kind. Well, when you choose a case for your camera, 
that's a bag and that goes in another bag. But is that case also going to be repurposed in John's case as like a, I don't know, it's kind of like a human uh, fanny pack. Like he also, his case is also his strap. I think these things are all very related. And the reason I bring it up here on your back to work program is it involves concepts that are, I feel like tent poles for how we think about, you know, work and life. And I, I love the, and what I wanted to address today is uh, a couple concepts I've discussed before, but I have some new insights on that. And, okay. and I was hoping that you would allow it. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's so first of all, it. reserve reading. Well, we're technically reserve listening. I've put it in show notes. If you, if you choose to, you could go back and listen to uh, The Reconcilable Differences with John Sarkisa from um, uh, probably Friday before last, where I talked about bag in a bag. Uh, if you want to hear me rant about that and have it make a modicum more sense. Um, but, you know, so another concept I've talked about a lot on here before, let's think of it this way. There's the kinds of planning that one does for a trip. And in the case of somebody like me, really, when I say trip, travel of any kind, leaving the house is a kind of travel. What am I going to need while I'm gone? Like, and that's, that's a, a meaningful question because what am I going to need? Well, that's sure. That'll probably include like a jacket or that'll include my phone but I can't take everything. So I have to be wise and tactical, but also, you know, for example, when you're packing like medicines that you need, you know, you know, you need your brain medicine every morning. So you bring enough brain medicine. Well, what if something happened and you were delayed for one or three days? Did, you know, you want to, you could treat life like a rally and say, well, I'm gone for eight nights. So I brought exactly eight of this pill. Well, what if something goes wrong? Well, conceptually there, you plan and say, well, abundance of caution, I'll bring 10 of these instead, right? Something simple like that. It also could go for change of, change of clothes or whatever. But on the one end, in the planning, we're anticipating the future. And in my case, also trying to silence the demon dogs, all the anxiety about travel that I had mostly gotten rid of and has now very much come back. But you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's sort of like, oh, I want to make sure I've got what I need but I don't want to become a crazy person. Right. So I'm not going to bring a Zenith console television with me, but I am going to bring the HDMI cables and power that I need in case I'm able to go from the iPad to the TV, which mm -hmm. I nailed this time. Oh, nailed nice. it. Nice. What else do I bring? I bring, I bring the Intiset. I'll find this for notes. The Intiset brand TV remote, which as uh, we've discussed before, uh, a listener recommended this to me a couple of years ago, probably totally programmable TV remote. So like when you arrive, if you're going to be in a hotel room, in my case for eight days, mm -hmm. like it's actually, I mean, first of all, man's assumption, like let, let's really minimize how much we touch that remote because you know where it's been. It's, it's been to Bavaria, deep in Bavaria. <laughs> um, but if I can have my own, then that also lets me do things like program favorite channels and stuff like that. And I, the tech part of this, I kind of nailed. I, you know, uh, again, as discussed on that rec diffs, you know, when you're packing, if you're me and you're the CTO and COO, like I need to bring all the chargers and dinguses and donguses and uh, 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 dongles for charging all the things. And that, ev but that evolves. You, that's not a one-time decision. Even if you Marco Arment this out and, and like me have a whole separate set of cables for travel, well, that evolves. If there are more Apple watches in evidence than before. Does that affect your decision-making? Huge one for most of us. Like how it used to be that like if you just brought, in the last couple of years, if you had mostly USB-A to lightning chargers, you could charge most things. Well, now a bunch of stuff is USB-C. I know this sounds silly, but 
this is how my brain works. So, so the, the first part of this, because it's always, is planning <laughs> and trying to game out, <laughs> game out what you know you'll need, what you're likely to need, and what you may surprisingly need. And as you oh, I like, that, episode, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I think I think it's about life, Dan. And so, for example, as I'm trying to make the case for bag in a bag, get ready because this goes oh, next level. Which is, I have, for example, a blue Fractor IKEA bag that I pack. It packs. You know, what I'm talking about the bag you get like when you shop. At yeah, IKEA. the shopping. The, I'm a the big shopping believer. Bag. F- find it for notes. Fractor F R A K T U R. Fractor bags are a great bag. They fold almost completely flat. And then, you know, ask yourself this. When is a time when you just never needed a bag and it was a hindrance to carry it? Never. Never, never. John brought a fractor bag when he went to uh, Long Island and he had uh, 24 ears of corn in it. Like, who would have guessed that? Well, you got a fractor bag, pull it out, and when you're done, fold it back up. I also bring Ziploc bags. So I got two and a half, one gallon, and quart Ziploc bags. Because believe it or not, there are so many uses for that. Not least of which is organization. So now, like I say... It's, it's bags all the way down because mm-hmm. I got bags of bags in bags, right? But that's all about the front end planning. And, and again, stipulated. It's also for people like me to go like the, the way that I can face off against my demon dogs. Someday I will evolve, as they say, to where I could go, oh, I'm just casual. It'll be fine. You can always get toothpaste. You can always get toilet paper, all that kind of stuff. But it also, for somebody with my makeup, it's insanely frustrating to me if I made a bonehead mistake in not planning on the front end. Because I do, for better or for worse, pride myself as a retired project manager on thinking through how things likely will go, how things could go, and then how you hope things won't go, and how you prepare for that. Mm-hmm. And you certainly went through this when you had a baby. Oh, yeah. Like, think about all the gear you have to carry when you like go anywhere with a baby. You've got like a stroller and bags and the goddamn car seat that cuts your hand all that stuff. Um, so, you know, so for example, as I've said, I have a template. All it is is a text file. It's just travel. I mean, if you call it a template, it sounds like official. It sounds more official, but it's really just, you know, sits in envy alt. And all it is, is like the Uber list of stuff that I might need, uh, when I travel, which says, okay, here's the check bag is going to have clothes in it. Make sure you always, you know, and again, this is a little bit checklist manifesto. Like there's a reason planes don't crash as much. And that's because they're a checklist. There's a reason that people don't die on an operating room table as much anymore. Checklist. You make yourself walk through this and all this stuff that you've convinced yourself is not necessary is actually vitally important because if you don't have, if you got it down, you don't have to worry that you got it down. If you made yourself go, well, of course I don't need my swimsuit when I go skiing. Oh, Really? So you have no plans after a day, I'm not a skier, but you're going somewhere cold. You're telling me you, you have no interest in, like you get there, you discover they got a sauna, they got a steam room, they got a, you're telling me you don't want to go in the steam room, even though it's cold outside. Well, that's a category error. Think about that. All right. That's all front end stuff. So I, I've got that kind of running list that I try to keep more or less updated. Um, one thing I think makes that smart for me is it includes a section of stuff to do before we leave. So, right, like, remember to leave a note for the neighbors. Remember to leave money for the cat sitter. Remember to turn down the, you know, heat and the water heater. Unplug problematic things. The last thing you do before you leave is you find the cat. You have to find the cat. Make sure the cat is not locked in anything. And Dan, as somebody with with the three-letter situation that you Mm -hmm, have, mm -hmm. you will appreciate how meaningful it is 
can be to know that you have checked off the item that says find the cat and that you don't have to drive to the airport, be driven to the airport by someone who vapes, if we're being honest, <laughs> and worry that your cat might be in a drawer somewhere. And right. you'll come home to dead, dead cat, eight-day no. dead cat. That's all front-end planning. That was all in the service of just getting this one idea of um, the how to then do, it, would the opposite of front-end be back-end? There's the pre-planning, or there's a pre-travel list, but then you know what I love is the post-travel post-mortem follow-up if you like follow-up do you know what i mean so like one thing is i also have a running list that i create per trip that's a thing i want to do differently next time right like something that that you have something you've learned and said oh you know i did it this way the first time but i don't want to do that again like that right because yeah 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 because i think if you at the moment in the same way that it helps to have an inbox in your life to put stuff that you, you're you not sure what you want to do about yet, whether that's email or life. Um, I think it's also beneficial to say, like at one point, this is so dumb, but I realized that I always get a yen for some kind of chocolatey food that I would never eat at 10 p.m. at home. I always like crave a Kit Kat. And, like and when I you're, when you're on a trip, $40. Do you do? Yeah, like when I'm sitting in a hotel room and I'm, I'm watching the office marathon and I wouldn't mind having a Kit Kat. That's really dumb, but like next time, remember to pack some Kit Kats. It's easy, you know? I mean, like, for, for example, like when you're traveling, you ever notice like when you're traveling and you want to get Wi-Fi for the flight, it's like uh, 50% less costly if you buy it before you're on the plane. That's how they get you. Well, if you, do you want to remember you enjoy KitKat at the point when it's either zero KitKat because I didn't plan or $50 KitKat from the minibar? Mm. You know, better to plan that better ahead. Better to plan but there's, that. Then there's all the other stuff. Because, you're, because this is a moving target, it's also a way of saying, hey, remember next time, bring more, like bring a different power hub that accommodates more USB-C things. Like, I want to remember that next time because, and you don't have to be a, become a nut about this, but that post-travel check-in can be useful. I'm almost done. Final thing here is this new um, thing that I feel like takes a kind of full circle. Is like, you ever get home from a trip? In my case, I just got back from a trip. My backpack, which I'm going to call, let's call it the primary carry-on that I will refer to as a backpack. My backpack was such a, an asylum. Mm. My backpack was bedlam because I've been rolling around, you know, traveling, you get in the cab, you go to the thing, hotel, airport. I have so many pennies and so many receipts and so many, so much stuff. But then what also, I also have the rats King. I have many rat Kings of cables and things and they're all ratted up together. And maybe in here is a a crumpled up boarding pass and there's all this stuff. My new addition this trip is I think it's instructive to take your backpack or similar, your primary carry on, when you get home, dump it out, dump everything out and ask yourself how well it served you and what possible improvements there could be in the future. Because this is the complement to the upfront pre-planning. Upfront pre-planning is a largely abstract exercise in what I think I need. But when you dump out your backpack, that is a, an extremely com- concrete this is how it actually went, right? That's a way to learn, a way to learn, to go like, okay, did I really need all this crumpled up paper? Well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But if I needed crumpled up, what I don't want my backpack to turn into is a garbage can. So do I need a, like a little wall, not a wallet, but do I need a folder, a project folder? Do I want something to put that kind of paper in? And if I don't, why don't I throw it away? Why am I saving pennies? Why don't I just throw that in a tip jar? Like, what am I doing there? 
And if I need a certain kind of cable or a certain kind of charging thing or whatever, like, do I need a better way to travel with that? So what, what I'm encouraging here, and this is gonna, this gets to a bigger point if you have an open heart, is that the, the planning that we do in life is critical, not just because of the demon dogs, but because it, that is how you manage a project, is thinking about what's going to happen. But this, in the same way that you, whether the project went well or not in a company, you generally have a postmortem about what we'd like to do differently. Not to assign blame or, you know, give credit, but more to say, like, here's a thing we could do better next time. Now, has that has that not been true for you, especially with teams? Oh, yeah, always. Of developers? Like, like when you're making, you, you were making, what was, what was your site called with you and Dan? Corked? Corked, yeah, like? yeah, corked. But like when you're working on a project with other people, aren't there times where you go, are there areas for improvement here? We planned for this and we ended up with that. What would we want to do differently next time? Next right? time, yeah. Kind of? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm tossing out here. I'm uh, bag in a bag is, is, is very important. You can't plan for everything and you shouldn't act like you can. I, I think this applies to life and work though. It applies to, there's a big pattern here that I'm trying to tease out that I don't yet have a name for, but I'm trying to find a big pattern here. It also relates to things like self uh, quantization, where I've talked before about how I like the idea that Apple Health is tracking stuff about me without any intervention or entry from me. Maybe someday that will be useful to me. And I like that that's being captured in a way that I don't have to think about. And in this instance, what I'm saying is that are there little, are there data that I can learn from in a case like this that can make me a better thinker and planner, make me a more sane person? It applies to stuff like mise en place, uh, a term that I learned from uh, Top Chef. Like, how do I, how do I get my area prepared? Do I, do I really need all of this stuff? What is the minimum the minimally viable life that I can have. Right. Crusa health. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyways, that's, that's mostly what I have. That's a lot. And it's really good. that's really good stuff. Oh, thank you, Dan. And you know, sometimes got to go somewhere, you know, you, you basically, you don't decide whether you're going to poop. You just get to decide like, you know, mostly where it's going to go when it's time. And mm. that, that's why I have podcasts and you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, my, you're my toilet. That's good. Dirty boy. Okay, you want to tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you about feels. 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 So, you know what? I mean, a lot of people experience stress, not just when they're traveling or when they have a tonsil infection, but it, all the time now with COVID and, and even just regular, even if there was no COVID, there's still stress. You know that? That's, that's what I've been telling everybody, all of my, uh, all my patients. And uh-huh. I am here to tell you that feels, which is, by the way, it's a premium CBD, is so helpful with things like stress and anxiety, chronic pain, trouble sleeping. I have recommended this stuff on a personal basis to a handful of people. And they, every time they come back and they say, this really did help me. And it sounds weird if you've never tried CBD. It's like an oil. You put a few drops under your tongue, but like right away, you will start to feel better. And what's really cool about CBD oil in general, but feels specifically is that it starts working just in minutes. Finding the right mm. dose, super important because everybody's a little bit different. It doesn't, it's not just as simple as, oh, well, you're a, you know, you're, you're six foot five and you weigh 250 pounds. Like that doesn't matter. It, everybody metabolizes this different. So it's really important that you find just enough so that it's working for you. But what happens is you take this stuff and it, it works naturally to help you feel better. You, it doesn't give you like a hangover. You don't get hooked on it or anything like that. 
you just get relief from these and you see, symptoms. You see, it acts, it acts quickly. It acts quickly. Is that right? Usually within just a few minutes. That's been my experience That's too. wild. Yeah. I, I, it's like magic, Dan. It is. It really is. And uh, the thing that I just love about it is, again, it's not like you take this and you're like conked out. Like you don't take a little CBD and like, well, I can't work now because I took the CBD. You can do all the same stuff that you do. You're just going to feel a little bit less stressed when you do it. And that's, Dan, would you say it takes the edge off? I know some people don't like that phrase. I like the phrase, it takes the edge off. I like that phrase. In the sense that, is, is it, do you feel like it kind of does that? I totally feel like it like does you don't that. Feel, like you don't feel as keenly affected by the uh, slings and arrows. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. That's exactly it. But it's not like you don't, you don't like get transported to a different state of mind or anything. It's still you. You just feel less stressed and less anxious. And it's also really good. I've found after you work out or lift that you take it and it, it helps with the inflammation. It helps with soreness. Like it's great all around. And here's the, here's the way that feels works. And this is why I like it so much. I am in general, not a big fan of like things that just show up to my house. Like I, in general, that's not a thing that I want, but I feel very mm. differently with feels because I have run out of it before. And when you run out of something like this that you find really helps you, that you don't want to be in that spot. You don't want to be in that spot because you don't want Dan, gas station you're, you're, CBD. You're, you're proving my point. You're, you're proving my point. How exactly, am I proving? Right? Yes. Well, I unless I, I missed a step here, you're talking about thinking about the future. The bag in a bag. The right, the right thing, the easy thing. That's, That's right. bag in a bag, Dan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It the edge off. Mm -hmm. It does. So- that's the way that this stuff works. It's a membership. You get it delivered to you every month. But here's the thing. You can pause this if you want to. Oh, you maybe you have some left. Pause it. It's not like it's a one-click kind of a thing. You can cancel it at any time. It's not like they, they're trying to hook you for years. It's a convenience thing. And I love the convenience things for things that I know that I need. So once you get into your rhythm, you're going to be so thankful for this. Our listeners, Merlin... They can become members. They're going to get 50% off their first order. They're going to get free shipping. All they have to do is go to feels.com slash back to work, but it's spelled F-E-A-L-S. So feels, F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash back to work. Go there, become a member. You're going to get 50% automatically taken off your first order and you get the free shipping. Tremendously beneficial stuff for me. I highly recommend it. Uh, go check it out. Thanks very much to Feels for making this show possible. Merlin Man. Thanks, Fields. Buck, buck. Can I, can I, can I share some breaking news? Oh yeah. What do we got? I don't What's know. What's this, this is this is another one of my cl classic, classic hobby horse. Um, um, so I've been watching uh, Schitt's Creek, which is uh just delightful. It's it's just such a delightful show, and it, it, you know got me thinking about the various things that Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara have done. They're the wonderful. Years. They're a wonderful comedy duo. I think. I found this on the. Oh, geez. Did you? Okay. What was that? Um, sorry, watch. My, my, my watch started talking. Why are you doing that on the show? I didn't on, I didn't on purpose. I mean, you know. Like you, can I you only use your watch while we're recording for the one hour a week that we record? You, you're saying like, why can't I just peel myself away for an hour? Yeah, like it's... Stop, you know? It just, you feel like it's like disrespectful to you and the listener. I mean, the more of the listeners, I, I don't care. Oh God! I'm used to it. Worse. I'm used to it. Woof. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm thinking about lots of things. Uh -huh. and, uh, you know, and and as it happened, I got real lucky on the TV point. I got real lucky on this terrible trip that I had. Um, Whoa! Well, so why was example, it terrible? Like, I thought it was like a uh, great trip. Save for, a family. Save for, save, 
it was a, it was a great show, a uh, great trip. Save it for the show. Um, but for example, like on several evenings, there was just an, not only an endless marathon of the office on, I think comedy central, but there are often like amazing runs of the office. Like some of the good runs seasons of the show. I got to watch uh, my all time favorite office episode, dinner party, not to be confused with dinner party from mythic quest, but still, and then um, another one, and I got my remote, my Intiset remote, which works. And uh, and then, oh, but you know what came on? Uh, Best in Show. Love Best that Best in Show is just that, Waiting for Guffman. Those two in particular, those Christopher Guest movies, just make me so happy. It used to be I can name every kind of nut. <laughs> that, um, macadamia nut. But macadamia nut. <laughs> pistachio. Red pistachio. <laughs> 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 He's practicing the ventriloquism. Oh, it's so good. All right, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so strange. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. 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 But if, if people haven't and, seen the movie, uh, I'm going to put this movie in, in show notes. It's, it's, it is one of my all time favorites. It's better favorites. than Spinal Tap. Oh, it's better than. Better than I'll say tap, it. I'll say it if you won't say it. It's better. better. It's, it's it's the best of all of those movies. It's the yes. best of Spinal Tap and the Christopher Guest movie. A Mighty Wind is again they're they're wonderful in A Mighty Wind. Um, Waiting for Guffman is just next level for me. I've stolen so many jokes from that movie, but <laughs> I, there's something special about Best in Show. Look at me. <laughs> it's not busy bee. Don't look at the other fat ass losers. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. It's such a good film. People are like, what are you talking about? In, Go watch this movie. I was in movie. Starbucks and you were in the other Starbucks. I was working on my Mac. Um, it's so You're lactose good. intolerant now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how many kimonos? I just watched you pack, pack seven kimonos for four. <laughs> um, but um, but the, the, you know, in the scene, two left feet, but he eventually learned to walk, you know, straight. Yeah. He used to call him loopy because he <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're so wonderful in that I'm not wearing underpants. And then, and then Fred movie. Willard recognizes her when she's Fred. Oh Will- yes. God. Oh my God. Fred. So- that handle oh, looks familiar con- to me. He said, <laughs> right. Like, oh my the God. It's on Conaby street. Oh my God. He's so doing good. a doggy um, style. But, uh, it's your thing. You're going to have to run the way. That. And I said to my kid while we were watching this, um, I said, watch th- th- this is, so he's, I think, I, I don't know how much stuff in that movie is like, or all those Christopher Guest movies are strictly improvised on the day. Right. My gut is that it's more like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style. We got to hit these beats in this scene. Yeah. And I'll bet a lot of what they do is, I bet they rehearse. I mean, I can't say. My guess would be from how well it's put together and knowing the shots. Um, oh my God, when the guy, when the guy's sitting in the seat and he has that poodle in his lap and <laughs> he kind of I mean, grips it, I sort of Bob Balaban. Uh-huh. And, but I, and I said to Madeline, watch this shot. It's this amazing shot where you see just the one eye of the poodle sitting on his lap and at one, at an exactly perfect point. He starts talking to the poodle. The poodle looks at the camera, raises his head and puts its chin on the desk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did they get yeah, that yeah, shot? Yeah. Um, but I, I imagine they do a lot of rehearsal and improv you know, before they shoot. I mean, that's how a lot of like improv based comedy works, I think. Um, but what was I going to say about this? So of course it made me have a yen for going back to the source and watching some old SCTV, which for people of a certain age, people of my age, it's like, you know, in, in America, you might get real into Star Trek because it's always on at four on the UHF station. Yeah. But then you discover Dr. Who 
you know, on Tampa public TV on a Saturday night, and you're like, what is this? You think you're super into SNL, and then you discover SCTV on really late at night, and you're like, oh my God, what is happening on right, this show? Right. What this show is so Martin Short, John Candy. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, just the cast of that show is so incredible. And I really had a yen to watch the messy TV. Well, guess what? The age, this is so off track, Dan. Why am I saying any of this? It drives me nuts, the stuff that you just can't get now. It's such a strange time. There's so much stuff that like was incredibly prevalent in our lives in the 80s and 90s, like just everywhere and in the culture. And now you just can't find it. So like you can find stuff from 2010 is like all over YouTube. The stuff from 1980, maybe not so much, unless you get like, here's five hours of ABC TV from that year, which is delightful. But you know what? I just want to, I just want to, once again, put some points on the board for the uh, public library system, because I can only find a certain amount of SCTV that I could even steal. And of course I would buy it, but the DVDs are out of print. It's not available as far as I could see hardly anywhere, but you know what I did? I went to my library uh, website and, uh, on the way to my little area right now, well, first of all, the DVD of Volume 1 of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman is coming, but also one, two, three, four, five DVDs of SCTV are coming. It's the only place I could readily find it, and it didn't cost a nickel. I love libraries. So I get one, the one I'm really looking forward to is SCTV Best of the Early Years. DVD from 2006. I'm super looking forward to it. Like it's weird that that, it, wanna, that you're excited about a DVD in 2021. You know well, what I mean? I know the quality but, will be Yeah, no no, I know absolutely, but it's like um But I get it. No, I totally get it. Like I know I know what yeah, you Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's just uh I don't know, I want to give a shout out. I guess on the one hand to uh to SCTV. Uh I, I, we just watched the uh, S1E4 of Shit's Creek, the one where she does the ad for the winery. I haven't, believe it or not, I'm saving that show. I haven't seen it. I appreciate the craftsmanship. Um, she's so funny. I, I turned to my kid and I was like, whenever you hear that dumb thing about how women aren't funny, I don't know how you look at somebody, even just look at Catherine O'Hara and think something like that. She, as a phrase, as a phrase I learned this week. Oh God, who was talking about this? Shoot. It was an interview with a comedian or an actor and they talked about something, I guess, in, in some communities they call the mystery laugh. Oh, oh no, they're talking about John Belushi and how John Belushi could always get the mystery laugh, which is they don't even have to do anything. They just show up. John Belushi walks on stage in Chicago or Toronto or wherever. John Belushi, this is, of course, you know, before SNL. And you know, people say it's a bummer because if you want to see John Belushi at his height, you had to see him before SNL. But like on stage, he was just a force of nature. Like, but as soon he got a mystery laugh because he would walk on stage and all he had to do was come out and do that eyebrow thing mm -hmm. and the entire crowd lost it. I'm going to say another one for me, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is just funny. She's just funny. There's just something, the faces that she makes, the way that she talks, like I forgot that she was in Knocked Up and the whole thing with Katherine Heigl where they're trying to tell her to lose weight without telling her to lose weight is like, is so funny. Like, well, why don't you, you know, get on the scale, you know, and just, you know, keep the numbers going down. <laughs> um, and, but like, and I think the same thing is true with Catherine O'Hara. She's just, you just look at her in that eyeliner with her wigs and each wig has a name. Oh my God. Shit's Creek. I, 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 as they say, slept on it and boy, is it good. Got a huge cr crush on the daughter, Alexis right now. Got a big crush on her. Kind of got a little crush on Dan Levy. <laughs> He's Polly. It's good to know. Polly got a cracker. <laughs> <clears throat> Continue. Dan, Dan, 51 minutes, 50 
seven seconds. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Tell, tell me what you, what do you, you told me that I could basically just, what did you say? I just ride the bus. I say you can just ride the bus out, if you, you want, but I, you know, I, I didn't know if, um, bring, bring the ruckets. Let's hear it. I, what's on your mind, Dan? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I mean, I had, I, it doesn't seem to matter now. You had so much good content. I thought that you were going to come back oh, from your I'm trip sorry, without Dan. the content, but you came with the content. You when brought I said it. you were my toilet, I didn't mean it literally. <laughs> No, I, I think it's been great. Toilet. I, um, I, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think one of the things you that wanna I save it, you want to save it for the show. I'm debating now. Um, I did have well, a little, plenty a little, of time. But a little bit of follow, a little bit of follow up on this, okay. this, oh, <laughs> terrific, this lighting thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I just what? wanted to say about it. Like I, I was able to distill it down into i i I, still your concept i want to say that i think i understand smart lighting now and i'm gonna spell it out i know i do it's such a mess i'm gonna spell it out in in as simple terms as i can i I would like for you and the audience to just listen i'm sure i'll get emails but that's good Mm -hmm. i want them uh this Mm -hmm. time oh do you have a hot take dan no uh but basically let me Mm -hmm. let me distill and if if i get it wrong Wait until I'm done and say, Dan, you got it wrong, and then explain it to me. But here's my understanding that, okay, there are two kinds of smart lighting options for you. There are the kind- There's always two things with you. It's always, I know, optimistic Mm. day. Mm. There is, there are lights that are fully independent where you go and buy the bulb and the bulb knows what it needs to do and does everything. And then there are the kind that- This is re- without respect to the type of bulb. It's not, we're not talking about a LIFX. We're not talking Correct. about CFL versus not, LED. You're saying there's some kind of smartness, smartness. that's like hub-free. Right, hub-free. Okay. And then there are the kind that require <clears throat> a hub. And the, there is a difference in price, but the ones that require a hub are better, generally speaking. They have more functionality. They have more features more powerful, and more yeah. powerful. Mm-hmm. And you can do more with them. Now, just to make this more complicated, the mm. um, the Amazon brand uh, smart devices, we won't say the name on the show, but the, what you call the lady in the tube, uh, those devices are, uh, the Echoes, are now, the, the some of them, the fourth generation base hub in particular, and then the ones with screens, have hubs built into them but those hubs are limited in some ways with what you can do so for example take like the philips hue brand which is the the number one selling most popular brand of these smart bulbs the good ones that not the whiz or something like that which is uses wi-fi but the kind the philips hue that has a little hub it uses a separate kind of a network that has a weird name something like zig ziglar or something like that doesn't matter the z z wave z wave something i don't care it doesn't matter but they have their own they make their zig own zig ziglar was uh, was a uh, was a uh, was a motivational speaker I, I read several of his books as a child okay so they have a he's the originator of the round to it did you know that he originated the round to oh, it oh the round to it yeah okay i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. So they make their own network that is not Wi-Fi. It's similar to Wi-Fi, but it's faster and it's better and it just has the light bulbs on it. So they talk to each other. Then you also have these little uh, switches that, that, no, not switches rather, that they are outlets that plug into the existing outlet and allow you to then control something like a lamp 
or something like that, that you don't want to put a smart bulb into that maybe you just want to turn on and off on a schedule and things like that. And so definitely my recommendation is go with the Philips Hue, get the hub to go with it because they sell them in little kits. And they also have things like dimmer switches and smart buttons. A smart button is exactly what it sounds like. It's just a button because you're going to be in a situation. You're talking about the, talking about the, Phil, the Philips Hue one, the little white Yes. One. And it, it is a button. That burns through an entire battery in about 36 hours. I, well, I don't know about that, but you hit this button Oof. and it basically turns the lights on because once you have these lights set up, you don't want to walk around fl flipping switches anymore. You want to do it with your smart app or with one of these devices, but there are going and you to- don't, and, and if you're like me you, and my family, especially, uh, you don't want to have to talk to your lamp. You get the benefits of programmable things like scenes and stuff like that. So it really switch is almost a misnomer because, right. <clears throat> I mean, they can be as simple as a switch if you choose to, but the beauty part is if you've got the hue tap switch, that's actually, that can be three different scenes. If you do something like the Eve program, right, button, right. you can use, uh, well, with, with the Eve button, the reason I love the Eve button, and it's, it's not perfect, but you can, in your home app, um, just do, using shortcuts, do basic toggles. So you get short press, double press, long press, and each one of those can test, like, so like I have several that are like, you know, test testing against, like, what's the power state? Power state is on, do this, power state is off, do that. So you actually get, you actually are getting, it's not a one and a two, you're actually getting six plus options. Default, like it's, it's incredibly powerful. But yeah, yes. switch is a good way to think of it. It's the simplicity of a light switch and the power, I don't want to say complexity, the, the, the power and customization of, um, of having a, a, a cool hub system. Right. And, and so anyway, these are, this is basically what I have, what I have learned and what I'm in the process of, of getting and setting up. So next week, I think I should have it uh, all in place oh, so great. I can talk about a little bit more, but so that was a little tiny bit of follow-up that I thought um, was interesting because it's, follow -up it's and a teaser. You're teasing, teasing, the teasing, because it's mm -hmm. a very, it's complicated, Merlin. It's complicated. So oh, speaking brother, of complicated, complicated, I got, I got the Mac mini, the M1 Mac mini, but I have a little story because nothing's <gasps> ever, nothing can just, it's 2021. Nothing can just be delivered anymore. So I want to oh, tell no, you Dan. about this story. Oh, no, Dan. It's here. Oh, no. It is here. So here's- Is this going to be like my laptop that's still three blocks away from I mean, it's, several it, months ago? I thought about that story 50 times while this was going on. So I, before- Never felt like more of a crazy person. I ordered a Mac Mini. I ordered the M1 Mac Mini because, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been doing a lot more video work and video editing. And the rendering, if you've ever done video work, you know that the once you're done with it and you basically turn it into that video file that you're then going to upload, that can take a lot of time to do it. And also when you bring in different clips, especially if the clips are longer, uh, the computer has to put basically render those into something that you can smoothly scrub through and edit and things like that. And I've been doing mm. this all on a MacBook Pro 16 inch with 16 gigs of RAM for a while, and it's been horribly slow. They came out with a beta version of Adobe Premiere, which is the um, my favorite video editing software. Don't email me. I know that you like Final Cut Pro better, whatever. Uh, Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro. So Final instead, Pro. I thought, well, if I get one of these M1 Macs, because they came out with the beta, then they came out with the official like released version of it for the Silicon, Apple Silicon. So I was I think like- this is where we left off. Yeah, We left off because we talked about ways you like Premiere. Yeah, And I think that that's where we're leaving. It was like, you were kind of tempted, right? Yeah. To, to move into this M1 world it, because- Exactly. Because you're preferred. Yeah. 
you could really utilize really the insane power of the M1. And and so I um I'll I'll skip this the little story for a second. We'll come back to it because I just want to close this loop first. I got the M1 Mac Mini. I installed uh, Premiere on it, edited with it. It's so much faster when it comes to that kind of thing. I'll give you an example. I took I did an experiment side by side, um, rendering something the same video on the MacBook Pro. Uh, took about 45 minutes. It took about 15 minutes on the Mac mini. Um, really? I don't, I mean, I really like, remarkable, it really did like just using it, like launching an application or opening a website or whatever. Like I don't notice much of a difference. I couldn't really tell you which was which in that scenario, the operating of the regular machine for like a regular person doing regular stuff it doesn't make much of a difference. But if you're bouncing MP3 files or if you're rendering videos, I imagine the same would be true if you were compiling applications. Uh, if you're a developer, like the kind of development I do in Rails, it, that's, I don't notice any difference at all. But I'll tell you what, boy, it is much faster at things like that. So well worth the money. And the reason that I had to order it and couldn't just walk in the store and buy it is because I wanted to max out the RAM as well as the hard drive. And nowadays with these Mac minis and a lot of Macs in general, you can't upgrade RAM and drives uh, later. Like you used to be able to just open the bottom, pop in some RAM, done. You can't do that anymore. It's soldered onto the board or soldered as you would say. And so you're stuck mm. with it. So I had to get, if I wanted 16 gigs of RAM, I had to custom order it. And that's why. So now here's this story. I just want to tell you how crazy this is, how weird this is. So I put in this order and nothing uh nothing seemed weird about it order went in i get the little updates it's here it's in china it's going to alaska it gets to anchorage alaska on the 7th of august and i don't see an update from it for like three days it hasn't moved it's already left through customs I'm like that's really weird multiple well you can't just call ups because it's an international shipment because it's custom made in china so you're talking to ups like international I had to be on the phone with them for like, I probably, I'm not exaggerating, four to five hours on the phone with them, two hours on the phone with Apple. Wait, so who, <clears throat> I'm sorry, are you speaking to who on the phone? International UPS shipping. Okay. And every time I would get, and the people who answer the international phone are delightful because they're in other countries. They have wonderful accents. They have, they're very scripted. Everything you say is, is, they have a scripted response to it. But these people have these wonderful, like sometimes it's Italian accent. Sometimes it's, it sounds like German accent. It's very exciting. And you feel like you're very, like a James Bond. It's like Bond the United Nations of, of yeah. uh, late deliveries. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> Exactly. That's good. And uh, so it can be really Boutros, Boutros galling. Don't do that. So they, uh, they were somehow. So the Apple lady, she, I've talked to like a supervisor at Apple finally. And she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I'm just going to have a new one start to get built. And then she's like, I'm going to talk to this person and this person, and this person. I'm going to talk to these. I'm going to escalate this. And that. a couple of days later, wow. the original Mac comes back to life. And then it starts being delivered and then it's delivered. And not only was it delivered on a Saturday, but they delivered it without a signature, which was unusual, but That's it got so here. Bizarre. Well, yeah, so the, the bizarre. Way, the, way, the things you do and don't have to sign for with Apple products, it also varies by vendor. I think a lot of times places like Postmates, if you're doing the same day, I think that's a CYA, but uh, uh, it is very odd where sometimes, oh, here's your AirTag. You got to sign for it. Here's your Mac. We put it in your garage. Like what? That's right. Just, 
But that's Dan. This sounds like a success story. Well, so it far. was. It was. But I wonder what would have happened if I had just been a regular consumer and just waited. Like, would it have ever come? I'm thinking, no, I think it never would have shown up. Well, as you up. know, as a seasoned technologist, sometimes you've got to really, you got to tap the machine to get it back in motion. Yeah. Or sometimes you've got to, you've got to, you've got to ping, or I don't know the exact term I'm looking for here, but sometimes you do need to like remind the process that it's supposed to be processing. Right. Which is not ideal. I and mean, that's not what I want. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be the guy that has to spend that many hours on the phone with the, anyway. Uh, so what I want to tell people is don't lose hope, uh, be mm. the squeaky wheel, mm-hmm. call a lot, be annoying, squeak, and you'll squeak. eventually get your Apple product. That's, that's. <sighs> so you got a new computer, you're burying the lead here. You got a new computer. I got a new computer and it's really, really good. It's really great. Yeah. I love mine. Mine started out again, just to, <clears throat> cause it's re- now re-relevant. I bought mine as a bit of a flyer. Um, hoping, I guess like a lot of people, like as somebody who has had a cheese grater or an iMac for work, office studio work forever. Yeah. The first tower I bought with money was the blue Yosemite G3. And then after that, I got a something different 2000 during my daughter's lifetime. I want to say I got the cheese grater. 2015, I bought the iMac, the Retina 5K iMac, something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a bit of a flyer, I thought, <clears throat> you know, this Mac Mini sounds so powerful. So I got the Mac Mini, and I eventually ended up getting another Mac Mini because I had cheaped out in the way that I'm always advising oh, people not to do right. this. Right, don't analogy. do that. Don't do what so I, I do. I bought, I bought the, be- the, the, not the best, but I bought the most tricked out Mac Mini. Well, technically, I had bought a Mac Mini that I knew I would have a use for somewhere. And then I got this, like I said, I got this LG monitor from mm-hmm. Mac, which is the closest thing to, you know, yeah. a pseudo official Apple thing that's not the $5,000 one with right. the $50,000 wheels. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it was just wild how quickly I realized this could be my desktop Mac. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't like the $800 model, but it was under 2000 I pretty, I don't remember. But like when I finally got the tricked up out one and set it up, my God, Dan, I'm so satisfied. I, I never would have imagined if you told me back in the day with that old, weird, white, tall, fat Mac mini <laughs> that like that would become my desktop computer. I would have said, I know. Nuts. like, no way. And like the beauty of, well, the beauty and the peril of USB-C and um, uh, Thunderbolt is, first of all, it is completely baffling to unwind what each thing means. The downside, as I experienced yesterday morning, is something got unplugged somewhere, and the whole system, I still, when we're done here, the next thing I'll do after show notes is fix this, but with two USB-C, or two, sorry, two Thunderbolt 4 or 3, with two Thunderbolt ports, you can do so much. You just, you do need to go into dongle land and get some port things, but between that and the four ports on the back of my monitor, the system works. It's just, and it's wildly fast and, and and this is this is the most hopefully the most unsatisfying thing that i'll say i can't tell you why i can't tell you how all i can tell you is this mac feels improbably fast and and i've heard from friends who are smart cookies that there is something like special sauce in this it's more than the m1 chip there's something in another time i would have called this the bus speed there's something happening with the m1 max that is astonishing so i have a m1 laptop and an m1 mac mini now and they're both so satisfying. 
So what do you think that? What do you think is going on there? Then I mean, what is that to you? Well, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm so peculiarly unsuited to saying anything useful about this that isn't just my own reckon. But we know that the M1 chip is a, is is fast and, and quick. But this, I feel like this might be an instance of the benefits that Apple gets out of owning almost every part of the stack that they can right, own. Right. What don't they own? And at this point? <clears throat> well, I mean, they have to obviously work with other companies to get the thing made. And that's what leads to an entire industry of Mac rumors and nine to five Mac going, you know, here's a really, really got an article about a CAD drawing. Okay, cool, cool, cool journalism. Um, but the, uh, but the neat thing is like, I think we are seeing benefits of them owning a lot of that stack and being able to eke out increases in speed and efficiency at every part where all the little parts connect together. Mm -hmm. There's an old joke. There's an old joke about in the world of like, you know, nerd conversations about superheroes. Think about Steve Austin, the $6 million man. Mm. And there's something really implausible. There's several things that are extremely implausible about him, including that his eye had been replaced with a robot eye. But one of the, you know, and then he's got, he's got robot legs and he's got one robot arm. The robot legs let him run super fast. Yeah. And the robot arm makes him extremely strong. Well, what's the part of that that's kind of implausible for somebody who thinks about it for more than a minute? The Steve Austin doll that I got for Christmas in 1975, uh, 76, came with an engine block that his little grippy hand could lift when you when you press the button on his back. Yeah. You remember Steve Austin, right? Six million dollar man. Better, yeah, stronger, faster. Yeah. But like, how is that arm attached? To right. It shoulder? has to attach to something. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. So he's but like, you know, the thing is if you buy a a, a pound of hamburger and put a padlock on it, the lock is fine, but the ham hamburger is not secure. No. You just pull it right out of the meat. That was a really good analogy. That Ditto was a good here. One. Yeah. Like it's one thing to say, like, okay, well, Logan has this healing ability, and so we can we can coat him in adamantium in the cruelest conceivable way because he's contiguously adamantium, and then he weighs a thousand pounds or whatever. But that, so why is that analogous to Dan's new computer? Well, you're always going to suffer from the weakest link in the chain, and there's you know it's true in project management, it's true in life, it's true in hamburgers, and it's true in computers. Is that you're going to be gated, your, your performance is going to be gated or um, hindered by the part that ends up slowing something down. And, it, and I, again, this is just a reckon, but my feeling is with these Macs in particular, um, those gates are very open. There's all kinds of stuff that just feels like it's happening very quickly. All I have to offer here is that there's something, some, some aspect of owning the whole stack makes this go with it more than just like the M1 chip is fast. I mean, for example, I showed you my, my bench, geek bench on this. So like my iMac, I forget which one of the ones it is, but the six, 32 gigs of RAM or 16 or whatever it was in my iMac, you know, that chip, for certain kinds of things, it's way faster, technically. I mean, you know, stats wise, that's all faster because of this, you know, big ass tower style chip, I guess that allows certain kinds of operations to go faster on that, you know, six year old Mac. But I can tell you that like the difference in performance for every aspect of what I do is way faster on the M1, even though the Geekbench says that, that there's a certain kind of operation that they're able to measure that's faster on that six year old computer. In right. reality, do you, do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. something happening 
It's like, you know, they've, they've figured out how to make the hamburger just as strong as the padlock. <laughs> Did you have another sponsor, Dan? I do. I'd love to tell about Linode. 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 Yeah, I'll do it. Linode. There. Uh, Lin- Linode. Linode. Because it's, it's Linus. pronounced li- Linux, like Linus Torvalds. Linus. So you got to get it right. You got to get it right. Linode. Here's the thing. It's spelled L I. All I know is it's not Linode. I'm it's told that it's not Linode. No, it is not Linode. Show it me the Linode. Linode. L I N O D E. Linode.com slash back to work is where you go. Now, listen, when it comes hmm. to like infrastructure and building out your servers and where they live, I have been using Linode for a long, long, long time. Not only was all the 5x5 stuff or is the 5x5 stuff on Linode, but everything I do with Fireside, uh, with the thousands of, of customers there, uh, fireside.fm, that, that's all on Linode. Uh, I trust them. I think they're great. In fact, they were voted the top infrastructure as a service provider by both G2 and Trust Radius and Dan Benjamin because they really are. <laughs> the coveted um, Dan Benjamin bounce. I mean, you got to, you know, it's, it's, it's a big bump. Uh, the thing is, they offer 24 7 365 support to every level of user, whether you're on their five, you have one $5 server or you're spending thousands of dollars a month, it doesn't matter. They have wonderful, wonderful tutorials and guides for everything from, you know, deploying the lamp stack all the way to like setting up a Minecraft server. Like you name it, they've got it. And they've been around since 2003. They've got the best price to performance value for all their compute instances. They've got shared, they've got dedicated high memory. They've got the GPU stuff. If you're doing, I don't know, Bitcoin, I don't know what you're doing over there. You want it, you got it. They've even got this new bare metal release coming up, which if you know what that means, it's pretty exciting. Uh, They basically, they just make cloud computing simple. They make it affordable and they allow you to focus on your customers, not worry about your infrastructure because who wants to do that? Here's the deal. Go to linode.com slash back to work. You can create a free account if you use your Google or GitHub account, or you could just use your Gmail address. Like you don't even have to make really a new account with them if you're already doing stuff with Google and GitHub. If you do, you go there to that URL, linode.com slash back to work. You can get a hundred bucks in credit that you can use immediately to spin up some new servers and try out the service. It's amazing. And like I said, every everything starts really, really affordable and you can scale it up as you need to. The URL one more time, Linode, L-I-N-O-D-E, Linode.com slash back to work. This is a company I really like. I've been using them for so long and I uh, highly recommend it. So thanks very much to Linode for making this show possible. Thanks, Linode. Buck, buck. You know what? I could tell you anecdotally. I got a bunch of pals that do this kind of nonsense like you do. Mm. I got a bunch of pals who I trust who are real smart cookies and that's their go-to. I, I have friends who run an entire company or podcast network just using Linode. It's yep. a thing. Yep. Did you know that it's a thing? Linode, yeah. it's a thing. Can they just have that? They can have. I mean, we give that to them if you're feeling like good. But I don't even need a reason, huh? Huh? Well, we're back. You know, you can't stop us. Can't stop one stop. Nope. You know. Nope. What else is going on? I think that's mostly it. Yeah. It looks like. Um. Did you, ever, you, did you watch The Wire? I mean, I've seen some of it. I'm not. I, I I've seen I'm some saving. of it. Um. So they. Uh, at least I don't say just announced, but I'm just seeing now that in the next season of The Crown. Shut up. I like it. Uh, Prince Charles is going to be played by McNulty. Nick Nolte. West. Nick. <laughs> that would be funny. Is that what you just, <laughs> what did you say? I said. He's too old. Mc, he can't do that. Mc, and he's versatile. Nick Nutty. Nick Nutty. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, Princess Diana is going to be played by Elizabeth Debicki, who is a gorgeous giantess. Have you ever seen her? Mm-mm. How tall is she? She's 6'3". She's 6'3 in feet. Who's, who is she six, playing? Six, she's, she's playing Princess Diana. She wasn't that tall Come on, in Dan. real life, was she? I don't think so. They probably got to like have her wear, uh, well, I mean, what do you do? What's the opposite of heels? Faces? Flats? Huh. Flats in these shoes? I don't know. Ooh, Elizabeth Tabicki. Look at her. Woo! I'd eat her uh, with some orange marmalade. Wow. No, I mean, no, no, not in that way. Ooh, Prince Charles. Dan, it's been a huge week, but I think it's about time. You're back. I mean, the main thing uh, is that you're back. I am back. Yeah, hit the sack. I think I think we got to put our bags back in our other bags at this point, don't you? Yeah, we got to get this episode out to the people. You know? What yeah, I'm they're. I mean, they're eager. They're eager and waiting. So I think I promised to put a lot of things in notes. So I'm going to have to comb through Descript and uh, find all the things I promised. But that's my problem, not yours. I was going to say, like, I don't care. I don't even need a reason. I, I got to edit. Gotta go edit. Okay, I love you. Love, love you too, you. Merlin, man.